Hello, hello. I'm Jessica, and this is the How I Met Myself podcast, a show where we talk about the journey of self-discovery and finding your purpose in life. After years of feeling stuck, I finally found clarity around my purpose. Now, I'm going after my dream, sharing my story here, and bringing you conversations with healers and spiritual teachers to help inspire and guide you to your purpose. Join me and start building the life you're meant to live. Hello, hello, and welcome to the How I Met Myself podcast. I'm Jessica, your host. It is so nice to be with you all today. I have a really fun episode planned that's really all about a beginner's guide to spirituality. I think there are a lot of people listening to this podcast who are very similar to me where I was a few years ago when I really was not on the spiritual path yet. But I was curious and I've always had an, a little bit of an interest in some of these more esoteric or woo-woo things. And I wanted to just share some of my tips for how you can get started in the spiritual space if you're just spiritually curious and you're looking for some resources where you might begin to just see like what are you actually drawn to and interested in because there's so many different paths we can go on or go down with spirituality there's like so so much I mean you could just spend your whole life literally just seeking all of this knowledge and so I think it can be kind of overwhelming to know where to begin. And so I wanted to just share some of the resources that I started with that might be a good place for you to start. And also just to remind you that you you should start where you feel particularly drawn to because that's really what's going to keep you interested if it's something that you are passionate about. So I'll give you some ideas and I'll also include all of the links to these resources that I'm going to share in the show notes so that you can keep track of them afterwards. Don't feel like you need to take a bunch of notes today and you can just listen, take in the information and then I'll have everything in the show notes to jog your memory afterwards if there's like a book that you want to order or a podcast you want to listen to. It's all in the show notes. And I'm actually recording this today on a Friday afternoon. My mom is actually in town visiting us and she went to go pick up my son from school. My daughter's already home from school and she's napping. So I have just a few minutes to start recording this. And I share this just because as a mom who is also blending work into motherhood, I have to really take advantage of the windows of time that I get to work. And, you know, earlier today, I picked my daughter up from school. 
with my mom. We took her to lunch and then I came back, put her down for a nap, and then I had a little bit of time to prepare this episode. And that is just sort of the rhythm of blending work with motherhood. It's you have to be really adaptable because you're constantly like shifting gears between motherhood and work. Your morning might start with, you know, getting your kids up, getting them ready for school or other activities. Then you might have a pocket of time where you can get some things done. But then you're back uh, doing more, you know, parenting duties or maybe you have administrative household work that you need to do or you're getting ready to go on a trip and so you need to make sure that like your kids have the clothes that they need and that they haven't outgrown you know the clothes from last year or you know maybe you're signing your kids up for different activities and at least here in LA there's like set times where the enrollment opens and you have to be on right then to get a spot and so it's just like being okay with this like flow where you're kind of going in and out of different tasks and just, you know, really like settling into that that rhythm. It's chaotic. It's very different from like going to an office every day where you're gone for eight, ten hours and you're fully plugged into work the whole time. It's really a dance, especially if you are working from home and you're balancing these different roles of being a mom and also being someone who works in some capacity. Anyway, just wanted to share that, but I will get back into this episode now. As I mentioned at the very beginning, it's really only in the last couple of years that I have become interested in spirituality. But this has not been my path for very long. And I also didn't grow up with a lot of religious influence. So this is all actually very new for me. My path has always been pretty conservative, pretty traditional. You know, I went to a very traditional university. I followed a traditional career path working in corporate. I've always had a little bit of an interest in some of these topics. My mom was interested in astrology, and I can remember her talking a little bit about it growing up. I knew my sun sign, but that's really the extent of what I understood. And I remember she also read the book The Secret, and so I had a little bit of a taste of what manifestation was when I was, I guess I was probably a teenager at the time when that book really came out and became so popular. But that was the extent of my exposure growing up, and then In my 20s, I got into yoga, and I think oftentimes yoga is sort of like a gateway drug into some of these other aspects of spirituality, but it really wasn't until the last couple of years when I had my spiritual awakening that I started to get into things like meditation, I started to go deeper on astrology, 
I got some exposure to tarot, to human design. And then, of course, I also studied and learned intuitive healing and breath work after just practicing those modalities myself. The spiritual space is so vast and it can be really overwhelming, I think, when you're first just trying to get some exposure. It's like you don't really know where to even start. And so that's really why I wanted to do this episode today is just to share some of the resources that I found really useful when I was first getting my feet wet. And I also just never want anyone to feel intimidated or to feel like this isn't for them because they don't have as much knowledge. Everyone has to start somewhere. And so that's really the intent behind today's episode is to just give you some resources, a place to get started so that you can start to build some fluency and also so that you can actually find what is of interest to you because it is such a vast space. There's so many different things you could explore. So it's really about building a solid foundation and then from there you can jump off and start to really go deeper on the aspects that you're drawn to. I can remember about five years ago I was working out with my trainer and she would always talk about some of these more esoteric topics and I would listen but I didn't really know what she was talking about because I wasn't in this space yet but one year I was looking for a Christmas present for her and I popped into a store and I saw these angel cards and I really had no idea what they were but I thought this seems like something Gabriel would like and so I got them for her and she loved them but she always jokes about this now because she's she's like you're so much deeper into all of this than I even was back then and you got me these cards without even really knowing what they were and so I share this just to illustrate that you can really gain a lot of knowledge in a short amount of time and It's just a matter of getting started. Okay, so I want to start with a book recommendation. I was actually thinking back to like, where did I even discover this book? And I think if I recall that I went to an esoteric bookstore, which if you definitely if you live in a major city, If you live in a a smaller town, you might still be able to find it. You can certainly find things online. But there's usually a bookstore that sort of like really caters to this genre. So I think if you would search like esoteric bookstore or um, mystical bookstore, things like that, then you might find one. And I believe that I went to one either in Malibu or in Santa Monica here in the LA area. And I was just perusing the shelves. And if you have the opportunity to go to a bookstore like this, just just go and like get lost. Like literally just walk by all the different shelves, pick up a couple books that you're drawn to. And you trust that you will find the book that is right for you. 
And I think you can also ask the person working there if they have any recommendations, you know, based on some of your interests. And I came across this book called Creative Visualization by Shakti Gawain. I might be pronouncing the last name incorrectly, so forgive me if I am. But it is a very short book. It's a quick read. And it really explains how to use your mind to create what you want in your life. It's definitely in the same vein as other books about manifesting like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, Infinite Possibilities by Mike Dooley, and of course, The Secret. But I have found that this book, it's such a fast, easy read that it made the information something that I could just start to put into practice right away. I think it just provides very tangible steps to manifesting something. And it it just made it really easy for me to digest because it's so short. And it was like I could just start putting everything into practice immediately. It also offers one of the best explanations for what the author calls the spiritual paradox, which is the conflict between having a clear vision of the outcome that you desire, that you're trying to manifest, and letting go of any attachment to that outcome. This is one of the dilemmas that really holds people back from manifesting what they want. And this book offers what I think of as a very elegant solution to that problem. It emphasizes the importance of just letting ourselves be, just letting the world be without trying to change things. And the writer explains that when you do this, you open up the channel to receive the natural creative energy. And that's when your desires start to manifest. She also has a chapter on contacting your higher self, which is really all about how to connect to your intuition, to your divine power. I found that chapter to be really helpful. And she just articulates everything in a very simple way. So it's easy to understand and start implementing. So if you can, I would suggest getting this book. Like I said, it's a very quick read. And and yeah, and then find a bookstore where you can, and even if you can't find like a esoteric specific bookstore, most larger bookstores do have at least a section on, you know, it might be called like occult or uh, esoteric, some spirituality, and you can just like peruse the, the shelf that they have and you'll find something very interesting. And again, just go with what you're drawn to, like pick up a book, read the back, you know, maybe read a couple pages and just see if it resonates and then bring that one home that does. So that's that's my first recommendation. I love that book, Creative Visualization. I'll link it in the show notes and then just find a bookstore where you can peruse other books. My second recommendation is 
to really just pick one aspect of spirituality that you feel really attracted to, whether that's astrology, tarot, human design, Enneagram. These were some of the ones that I found really interesting right out of the gates. And I think all of these will help you to attain more self-knowledge, which is really like the goal with all of this esoteric occult wisdom. It's all about deepening your understanding of self so that you can actually like really start living from a more authentic place. So find one of those that you are really drawn to and just start exploring it. I I think astrology is such a fun one and you can just download your birth chart. There's a million free online resources to do that. Find a podcast about it to listen to. And of course, there's a ton of books as well. I, I'll be honest, I haven't found like one astrology book that I feel like is equivalent to like that creative visualization book that I mentioned where it's just laid out really simply. I think a lot of the astrology books that I've picked up have been so in-depth that they haven't been a great like beginner's guide. But I do really like listening to a few podcasts. So the ones that I would recommend, there's one with this, <laughs> this the most adorable older British lady named Pam Gregory. And she is just, I mean, she's incredible. And she puts out a regular YouTube video that discusses the upcoming transits. And she explains like how these impact the collective and also how you can look at your chart to figure out how they will impact you specifically. So that's on YouTube. Her name's Pam Gregory. And again, I'll link to her YouTube channel. She's, she really, I think she's one of the best. And I love listening to it because it kind of, I think when I first started listening, it felt almost like I was listening to someone speak in a foreign language. But when you immerse yourself in a foreign language, you just start to pick it up. And you know, so without even having that much knowledge of astrology, I just, I became more fluent in the terms that she was talking about. And she has a few other instructional guides on her YouTube channel as well that you can download that really explain so that you know exactly how to read your chart as she's talking about these different transits. So that one is one of my favorites. The other one that I really like is called Intuitive Astrology with Molly McCord. And that is a podcast that's on every platform. So you should just be able to, to search it on whatever platform you prefer. I'll link to it as well in the show notes. And yeah, I think it's just, it, it becomes something that you can listen to on a regular basis to see how these different astrological transits are affecting you. And, you know, you can listen and you hear what they have to say, and then you just start to like tune in to your own energy to see is what they've said, is that ringing true for you? Are you feeling that the energy and the way that they've explained it? 
And I think you just become more in tune with these different energy shifts. So that that's a great a great starting point for astrology. You can also, of course, get a reading. There's a ton of great astrologers. I have to recommend my mentor, Ali Ofstedel, who was on the podcast. And uh, she just does a really beautiful birth chart reading. She does it virtually. So no matter where you are in the world, you can work with her. And I'll link her website as well. Tarot is the other um, modality that you could check out. I recommend literally just buying a tarot deck yourself and start by simply holding the cards in your hands, shuffling them, see if you feel the energy coming off of them. Look at the images on each card and really pay attention to the symbols. Think about what they mean to you. You can also listen to my episode about tarot with the incredible Tarot Malibu. She is like a second generation tarot card reader. She's really easy to, she's just like, I don't know, her energy is great. She's very approachable. She breaks it down in a way that's easy to understand. That's episode 22. I'll link to it as well. And in that episode, she actually gives some guidance on how to do a three card reading. That's toward the end of the episode, but she's just, she's really great. And she actually also does readings and you can do them virtually. So check out her website as well and you could book something with her. I've actually like recently gotten very into tarot. I think I'm really interested in Carl Jung's psychology right now and he he really viewed like the archetypes that are in the tarot deck as something that is held in the collective consciousness. And so I I really find the link between tarot and Jungian psychology to be so interesting. So I am starting to study tarot more seriously. I'd really love to incorporate it into my private offerings because I think it just offers this really great, point of reflection for people to consider things that kind of have already been bubbling inside of them, but it just like brings it to the surface and it it provokes a lot of really interesting conversations and I think just gets people thinking. So I love that. I I think it's an incredible tool for deepening your own self-knowledge. And my husband for Christmas actually got me, it's the sweetest thing, he got me six sessions with Tarot Malibu to learn how to read the tarot. And she put together this like really cool box that had all these little knickknacks in it. And um, it had this book that she recommends about tarot. And that one's called 78 Degrees of Tarot. I just started reading it and I am obsessed. Like, you guys, I'm telling you, this book is incredible. It goes through each card and really breaks down the symbols on the card. It talks about the history of that card and the imagery, like where it all originated from. And of course, the meaning when the card is pulled in a reading. So I, I've i been loving that book. I've been reading it before bed and my dreams 
have been wild because I'm like taking in these archetypes from the tarot deck and then that's like getting into my subconscious and, and into my psyche and giving me the craziest dreams. Human design is another sort of modality that really helps you deepen your self-knowledge. It's kind of similar to astrology, but it's a newer um, modality. I follow my.humandesign on Instagram by Jenna Zoe or Jenna Zoe, and she gives a really great overview of the different human design types. She has an app you can download and she just she posts updates that help you understand more about your type. I also have an episode about human design with Jenny Johnson. It's episode 12, and she goes over the basics of human design. So if it's totally new to you, that's a really good place to start as well. And she also has an Instagram. You can follow her and just kind of, again, start to to learn, see if it's for you. It's, it's really all about like finding what resonates for you. The other one that you might be interested in checking out is the Enneagram. I went through an Enneagram phase where I just was devouring information about it. And I really loved the book called The Buddhist Enneagram. It's sort of like a Buddhist take on it, but it was really interesting and well-read. And I thought a pretty quick read again, like, I don't, I don't know, like if it's something that I'm just dabbling in. I don't want to read a very in-depth, detailed book. So I liked this one because it was a little bit more high level and it wasn't as long as some of the other books out there on the Enneagram. And all of these are things you can find on podcasts. There's so many podcasts about all these types of modalities, but I did listen to the author of that book, The Buddhist Enneagram. She was interviewed on Dan Harris's podcast, 10% Happier, and I'll link to it in the show notes. You can also just find it by searching The Buddhist Enneagram on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening, and that episode should come up, and I thought that was also really interesting and just a good place to start. So again, it's really like start with what you're interested in and just start reading. And chances are you're going to find something in there that you want to, like a thread that you want to follow that's going to lead you to another layer. And you just kind of keep chasing those threads and you're going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. But that is how you find what really resonates and, and clicks for you. So another aspect of spirituality that I think is fun to get started with when you're just beginning is finding a ritual that you want to incorporate in your life. I know that we've all seen like morning rituals on Instagram and I I love having a morning ritual. It doesn't need to be elaborate and the biggest advice that I have is don't base it on what anyone else is doing or what someone else tells you you need to be doing. 
you have to figure out what works for you, especially like within the context of your life. If you're a mom, I know I totally get it. I know how hard it is to stick with anything when you're a mom, especially a morning ritual, because for a lot of us, our kids are actually up before we are, and we don't get time to ourselves in the morning to commit to a ritual. So you have to just figure out what works for you. But the important thing is that it becomes a ritual, meaning you do it consistently, you do it with intention, you do it because it brings you joy or peace or calm, and it becomes something that you really take pride in. And it's something that like, if you don't do it, you really notice. You're like, oh, I didn't do my morning ritual today or what, you know, even if it's not in the morning and you do it later in the day when you have more time, whatever it is, like if you skip it, you will miss it. That's that's the place you want to get to. So a few ideas are you could do a 10 minute meditation before getting up out of bed or looking at your phone in the morning. You could do a 10 or a 20 minute yoga sequence. This is actually part of my morning ritual. You could write in your journal for 10 minutes every morning. Morning pages. It's such a great, great practice. I wish I could do that, but it's just not in the cards for me right now. Um, Lying in bed and setting your intentions for the day or naming two things you're grateful for. This is actually something that I don't do every day, but it's something that when I am able to wake up more slowly, I try to do it. Um... Dancing to your favorite music. Like if you're a person that likes to move and you are really into music, just turn on your favorite song and just start moving. Get in front of a mirror, whatever you need to do, just just get in your body and and start, start vibing. Going out for a short walk. This is, I think, such a great practice if you have the time for it. Doesn't have to be a long walk. You can literally walk around the block, come back, just getting that fresh air, that that sunlight exposure in your eyes is so good for your circadian rhythm. There's like a million reasons why you should be doing that regardless of, of any anything else. So if you can fit that in, it's, it's worth doing. The other thing is to make a morning beverage in a very intentional way every day. Maybe it's a golden milk or a coffee that you make in a very specific way with ingredients you love. It's not just like, oh, I'm on autopilot, I'm turning on the coffee maker and I'm pouring it into my cup. It's like you're doing it with a little bit more care, a little bit more intention so that it actually is like a real ritual and not just a task that you do every morning. And, you know, it can truly be anything. You just have to find what works for you. And again, like I said, if you're a mom, I know how hard this is to carve out time for this in in your morning. But if you can, if you can work it out, it's so worth it. And for me, I like to start my day with a short yoga sequence. And what works for me is I get up, I get myself ready. Usually my kids actually wake me up or come in while I'm getting ready. And then I get them dressed, help them brush their teeth. And then I've worked it out with my husband so that he actually makes breakfast while I do my yoga. 
And I usually just do anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. It just, it kind of helps me get into my body for the day. I'm stretching. So I'm, you know, just loosening things up after being stagnant all night while sleeping. And it just feels really good to connect to myself in that and have that alone time before I get into the rest of my day. Now, I know this probably sounds like a huge luxury for a lot of moms out there, and I totally understand. It took my husband and I a long time to really figure out the rhythm of the morning routine and to come to an agreement on how we would divide and conquer in the morning to make sure that we're still tending to our kids and getting them ready for school and out the door in time. But what I would say is like, when something's important, you have to voice that to your partner and really ask for their support. I also know that my morning routine is going to get completely blown up when the new baby arrives because I'll be feeding the baby first thing in the morning and taking care of him. I'll probably be pumping and just doing all of the things that come with having a newborn. So I'll have to adjust and that's just part of being a mom. You got to be adaptable and I'll just, you know, I still want to do yoga once I'm physically able to after giving birth. Of course, you have to take some time off from all of that. But once I'm ready, I'll I'll try to incorporate it wherever I can. Maybe it's not first thing in the morning, but I will make whatever adjustments need to be make, made, at least temporarily, so that I can fit that in because it is so important to me. And really on days that I miss it for whatever reason, I, I notice. I really do. So whatever it is, if you find a morning ritual that you want to try, just my recommendation is that you stick with it for at least three weeks. That's really how long it takes to form a habit. And if you are loving having a ritual, then you can start to add in other rituals like new moon intention setting ceremonies or full moon ceremonies. I love using the moon as an anchor for rituals. So that's another suggestion for like level two of of finding a ritual that that you want to incorporate into your life. So the 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 next part of the the beginner's guide is really all about connecting with your intuition. And this is really what spirituality and deepening your self-knowledge is all about. When you remove the noise, you're able to hear more clearly that voice inside you that speaks really quietly and yet very confidently, guiding you to where you need to go. For many of us, this voice gets buried because we're so absorbed in the outside world. We're running from place to place. We work in fast-paced environments that are very competitive. We're listening to the news. We're getting inundated with you know, the media. We're on social media scrolling. We just have a lot of like external influence in our lives and that's just the nature of living in the physical world and and you know the modern day life that we all are part of. So it really takes 
intention to find time to get really quiet, to sit in stillness so that you can hear that voice. There are many ways that you can connect to your intuition. And I actually have a whole episode on this. I think it's like the second, maybe the third episode of this entire podcast and one of my favorite episodes. But the way that my two favorite ways that I think are the easiest to start connecting to your intuition is through meditation. And then the other way is journaling. I tried meditating so many times on my own before I finally realized that I needed to go to an in-person class to really get an introduction to meditation. It was just easier for me to really drop in when I was in a room with no distractions, surrounded by other people meditating. So if you can find an in-person class, try that. Otherwise, of course, you can check out one of the meditation apps like Insight Timer, Calm, or Headspace and just start with a 10 or 15 minute guided meditation. Some people are going to get insights from their intuition right away, like the first time they sit down. And for others, they might need to make it a practice before they will really hear anything. So if you do want to make a practice out of it, I actually recommend doing it right before bed as like a lead-in to sleep. It's been the best way for me to stay consistent with meditation because I'm not really having to carve out separate time for it. It's just part of my bedtime routine. Journaling is the other way that I recommend to help you establish a connection with your intuition. We process so much through the written word and things really come through when we're in the flow of writing that wouldn't normally. And that's your intuition speaking to you through the writing. I like to just write for 10 minutes with no agenda, but you can also get a journal that has prompts. There are a ton of them out there. I had the founder of the Meest Me journal on the podcast in episode six, and she created a journal to help you become the most authentic version of yourself. I just, I love her mission and the journal's really lovely. It has prompts throughout. So if you're someone who likes a little more structure, give that one a try. I also want to share a couple of podcasts that I love listening to that are sort of in this general spirituality space. They're sort of similar to this podcast, but, you know, with a different take and and different hosts, of course. So I've always really liked Almost 30. It's hosted by two women who are actually in their 30s. They started the podcast when they were almost 30, but they're already in their mid to late 30s now. And they interview a lot of people in the spiritual space or in an adjacent field. They keep it real though. I I find that's something that I really appreciate. It's very applicable to everyday life and not too woo-woo. 
The other one I like is the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire. The host talks a lot about her own journey with spirituality. And similar to Almost 30, she strikes a really good balance between talking about some of these more esoteric topics while still making it very relatable and approachable. And both of these podcasts have been around for a long time. So there's literally hundreds of episodes. So you can just scroll through and and see if you find a topic that you're really interested in and just hit play on that one. That's, I think, the best way to really start your journey into spirituality is, again, just see what you're drawn to, give it a listen, give it a read, give it a try, and then reevaluate afterwards. If if you loved it, then you'll keep going with it. You'll, you'll want to just keep seeking more and more knowledge about it and if it wasn't for you great move it on because there's there's so much don't waste your time on something that didn't really resonate okay so my son is home from school now he is making quite a bit of noise in the background I'm pausing every time he comes close to my office and with his very high-pitched voice The microphone tends to pick up everything that he says. So I am going to wrap up for today, but I hope that these just give you some good ideas to help you get started. And, you know, my promise to all of you with this podcast is that I am, I'm also learning still so much. I'm still very much on this journey and I want to share that with you as I go along. So If there's ever anything that I'm talking about on the podcast that you're like, I have no idea what she's talking about, please DM me and and let me know so that I can, you know, follow up and, and, and give a bit more context because I know that feeling when people are talking about something and you don't really understand it. And I just, I want to make this very accessible and I just am here to help offer some some tools and resources to assist with your own journey of gaining this self-knowledge. Thank you again for tuning in today. If you found this useful, if you end up trying any of these suggestions, if you order a book, if you listen to a podcast, if you book a reading, if you buy a tarot deck, Let me know. I would love to hear. And as always, it would mean so much to me if you could rate and review the podcast, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and of course, share with your friends and family on Instagram. If you found this episode useful, just take a screenshot, put it on your stories, and be sure to tag me so that I can say hi and thank you. All right. I will see you all on the next episode.